Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. Don't forget why you're here. Also, subscribe if you haven't already to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. Let's get into it. The story of the weekend, I think... It's Terrence Shannon Jr.'s return to the Illini program after being suspended by Illinois following his arrest tied to a warrant detailing a rape charge. The fifth-year wing pursued and obtained a temporary restraining order that was granted on Friday. Illinois immediately reinstated Terrence Shannon to the team. He did not start on Sunday against Rutgers, but he did lead the team onto the court, came off the bench, played 28 minutes, in an 88-63 win over the Scarlet Knights. Terrence Shannon received a nice ovation from the crowd when he checked into the game with 17:36 remaining in the first half. Before we discuss it, here's what it looked and sounded like. Brad Underwood. Here comes Terrence Shannon. Dead leg. Uh, what'd you make? Keep this simple to start. Of Illinois using a man who was arrested for rape less than a month ago against Rutgers on Sunday. And what'd you think of the reception he received from what seemed like an adoring crowd? Yeah, it was an adoring crowd. That's not really that much of a surprise. Um, we've got a we've got a situation here in men's college basketball that is unquestionably uh, uh, just a tad uncomfortable here. And there there is no uh, there is no simple solution right now because we have no resolution to this this matter overall. I will. I will mention something off the top here uh, to give a little more context to how we even got to this point. So uh, agree or disagree, I'm just going to give you the straight facts on why we got to the point on Sunday where uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. was allowed back into the lineup. Um, as far as the university was concerned, then we can get into whether or not uh, Brad Underwood and that that athletic department um, should be playing him. So when Terrence Shannon Jr. got indefinitely suspended per university policy because he was arrested um, after an accusation of rape, um, 
at that point, Terrence Shannon Jr. had attorneys and they determined to take this to the courts because they felt as though his uh, his personal rights had been violated. Um, I believe it's the 14th Amendment. Let me be clear. I am not a constitutional lawyer, nor will oh, I, I thought you were not even close. I will not try to pretend to be one on this show. I'm just telling you what and talking to some legal experts, how this has been explained to me as of late. So what they did was they went to this judge in Illinois, Douglas County judge, and they basically said, listen, he has had specifically because he is a high profile athlete. He has he has an accusation against him and he has not been proven guilty of this yet. And because he has a limited window uh, because of who he is and where he plays, uh, Illinois is not allowing him to pursue um, potential earnings that could be lost as a result of this very serious allegation. Uh, so the school uh, should not have taken that right away from him. It was a civil complaint, not a, not criminal, not attached to the criminal case. And so the judge looked at this and on Friday said, I agree with this argument, Terrence Shannon Jr., because he has not he has not actually gone before a grand jury has not indicted him. He has not had to stand before a judge yet and say uh, plead guilty or not guilty. None of that has actually happened yet. The judge, from a civil standpoint, said, I'm going to grant you the temporary restraining order. Illinois should not have indefinitely suspended you based on the circumstances of the case right now. And it's because he is such a high-profile athlete. The way it was explained to me by Mitch Gilfillan, who is a former college basketball assistant and now is a working lawyer, if this had been someone who was a bench player anywhere else, this pro this temporary restraining order probably would not have even applied, but it is specifically because of who Terrence Shannon Jr. is that from a civil standpoint, he was then given the TRO. Then you get into the matter of, of whether he should be playing or not. That's a whole other can of worms that we're obviously going to get to here. Um, the Illinois you know, treatment that he got, it's not terribly surprising to me. The poll question to start the show here is, are you okay with Terrence Shannon Jr. returning to play for Illinois? Because as we even go with this, I see I see cases being made in the chat on behalf of both of this because um, one person is saying Illinois not allowing Shannon to play and then him being found innocent is equally horrifying to him playing and being found guilty. Both of those are true. This is not an easy situation. It's obviously very tricky. Um, he has a scheduled hearing in about a month. And if we get to that hearing, then we might know whether or not he is actually going to face a formal charge. Will a grand jury find enough to indict him here? Um, I know Illinois fans listening and watching are all too familiar with the case because they've read every single thing about it. But it still strikes me as a, as a bit awkward, to put it lightly, that uh, that he was playing on Sunday, considering the backdrop of, of everything that's tied to him in the case right now. And, the, and to be clear, the allegations against him. I... Um... Regardless of whether the temporary restraining order should have been granted or not, I disagree with the ideas that have been trotted out. Like the judge quite literally um, determined that Terrence Shannon Jr.'s livelihood on some uh, level is being um, irreparably harmed by this suspension, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so you undo the suspension until he can have his due process. That's the idea behind this in, in you know, the simplest of terms. I would argue that the suspension is not what is doing irreparable harm to him. You know what I think is doing irreparable harm to him? The fact that he was arrested for rape. That's why he's falling off of mock drafts. It's not because he's not playing basketball the past few weeks. It's because he's been arrested for rape. 
because he was accused of something by a woman and law enforcement officials investigated it and decided we're going to pursue this. We're going to arrest this person for rape. So I just disagree with 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 the the premise. Uh, I don't believe the suspension is what's doing the harm. The, 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 the arrest for rape is what's doing the harm. And before we get too into this and boy, we're going to get into it. Okay. Um, I do want to start by saying or continue by saying. I, uh, I obviously have no idea whether Terrence Shannon did what he's accused of doing, right? Just like Norlander is not a um, constitutional scholar, I am not an investigator of sexual assaults. I don't know if the charge is valid. I've read everything there is to read. I've talked to people familiar with the case. Any, At least from my perspective, and Norlander, please disagree if you feel compelled to, um, I've talked to some people and anybody telling you it's clear what did or did not happen on this night is probably out over their skis just a little bit. Would you agree with that? It's- I, I, I personally, I would, um, as I, I, I tend to give the benefit of the doubt to victims, alleged sure. victims in this kind of case. And we need to treat this uh, an accusation, an allegation of this kind of matter. Um, you, you know, it, it would be foolish to just uh, take one side or the other, at, particularly at this stage of the case when there's still so much to be determined. That's my point. Um, these situations are often complicated. This one seems to be complicated. Because on one hand, you have exactly um, what you just hinted at, which is um, a woman has accused Terrence Shannon of violating her with his hand. And there is a theory by some in this country, and this is what you were hinting at, um, that it is very important to always believe women when they accuse men of sexual assault. Always. That's the word people use. Always believe women. I say this as respectfully as I can say it. I'm not trying to row anybody up. Logically, that just makes no sense because what that purports is that no woman has ever falsely accused a man of sexual assault. And that's obviously untrue. All right. Studies do show that it's uncommon for a woman to falsely accuse a man of sexual assault, but it's not non-existent. That does happen. And it's important to remember that as we discuss the situation while also recognizing because here's the other side of it it is possible a young woman spent sunday afternoon watching a man she says raped her get a standing ovation during a basketball game all of this is ugly yep. and i just want to make sure that's clear right from the jump i don't know what happened so everything else i'm going to say today um should not be considered a judgment about whether terrence shannon is innocent or guilty of rape or a good guy or a bad guy in general I don't know. The only thing I do know is that Terrence Shannon has been arrested because there was a warrant for his arrest for rape. This isn't merely an accusation. It started as an accusation, but then law enforcement officials investigated it and concluded they believe there's enough evidence to issue a warrant for his arrest because they believe he raped a woman. He's been booked. He has court dates on the calendar. And Illinois has a policy that automatically triggers a suspension when a player is arrested and booked, not just accused, but arrested and booked for all intents and purposes, charged with this type of crime. That's why he was initially suspended. So I think it's pretty brazen um, for Illinois to then run Terrence Shannon out there under these circumstances just because he got a temporary restraining order because after talking to multiple attorneys about this in the past, I was left with the understanding that a temporary restraining order 
um, does not force Illinois or any other school facing these types of situations to do what Illinois is doing. Now, let's stop here for a second. Mm-hmm. Norlander, obviously, the temporary restraining order is what triggered Illinois reinstating Terrence Shannon to the program. Yeah. I get that. But no TRO, far as I know, requires Illinois to actually let Terrence Shannon lead the team out of the tunnel, play 29 minutes on the Big Ten Network, even get into the game for a second. Do you have a different interpretation? No, I I don't. And this is where uh, Josh Whitman, the athletic director, Brad Underwood, the coach, um, we will see how the story develops. This could lead to a situation where Terrence Shannon Jr. is found... Uh, not guilty. There maybe there might not even get to a point where there's even a grand jury that can indict him, or it goes the exact opposite way, and he is. We don't know how this is going to end, but I would I would suggest that in playing him, you are opening yourselves up not just to obvious criticism, but potential uh, real significant um, backlash and consequence down the road if it does not go this way. I have not talked to Brad Underwood about this case. Frankly, he wouldn't even talk on the record about it. I wouldn't think anything beyond more than what he's comfortable talking about in the press conference. And frankly, he's going to default to his AD here. Um, But having covered the sport now for a decade and a half plus, and this is far from the first, unfortunately, far from the first instance we've seen where a player has been accused of something. Now that the tenor in 2024 versus what it was 10, 12, 14 years ago is obviously different. I would I would be led to believe that they that the people at Illinois believe that Terrence Shannon Jr. will ultimately be found not guilty in this. Um, otherwise, they're incredibly stupid. The, you would be so stupid to play him under these current circumstances if you thought there was a halfway decent chance this was going not going to go Terrence Shannon Jr.'s way and he was going to indeed be found guilty of the crime that has been alleged against him. Uh, but even even short of that, Parrish. Uh, to play him and to play him so quickly, and maybe even using the TRO is a little bit of a, a little bit of a cover. And it's you know to be clear, the, the reason why he saw it was why I explained it before. It is not criminal in, in nature. It is more about uh, who he is at this time in his life as he's trying to get ready to go and play in the NBA. Um, it just yeah, it's obviously an uncomfortable scene, an awkward scene. Uh, Illinois fans, I know you're you're all in on your guy here, but if it was someone else in the Big Ten, would you be feeling the same way? Of course not. Get out of here. Like if if you were playing, who is Illinois' biggest rival in the Big Ten? Uh, well, it's got to be Indiana. I figure. Okay, they're playing Indiana, and I don't even want to put this type of allegation on the name of an Indiana player. That's not fair. Somebody clip it and have fun with it. But Indiana player is um, arrested. There's a warrant. He's booked. It's rape. All right. Indiana suspends him for a few weeks. Guy goes out and gets a temporary restraining order and is um, given a standing ovation by Indiana fans when he checks into the game at Assembly Hall. You're an Illinois fan sitting at home on Twitter. What you tweeting? What you tweeting? Then shut up. You know how you feel about this up until it's your guy. And again, I'm not making any judgments on innocence or guilty. I'm just saying people don't play under these circumstances. You ready for this? Dead leg. There was a million games on Saturday, games on Sunday, games on Friday, games all last week, bunches of them. You can look at the schedule if you want to name me the other power conference school. And I only frame it this way because like there could be some dude um, ranked uh, on a team that's 333rd in the country and he's actually facing a rape charge and I just don't even know he exists. Do you know another power conference school that was run under the court? Let out onto the court this weekend by somebody who is uh, 
Obviously, no. Less than a week, less than a month, rather, um, removed from being arrested for rape. Do you know anybody else playing I, under these I, circumstances? I, obviously not, no. Arterio Morris was charged with rape at Kansas. They kicked him off the team in the preseason. Nobody else plays under these circumstances. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And the I and what some Illinois fans will tell you is that, well, you know, what are you going to do? It's a temporary restraining order. You don't have to play him. You do not have to play him. As I've said previously, there is no federal judge who can alter or influence Brad Underwood's um, rotation. Uh, historically, coaches are able to give minutes or not give minutes to anybody for any reason. No TRO requires Illinois to put Terrence Shannon into a game or to let him run out there and lead the team onto the court. Those are those are decisions Illinois is making. So I'll just default to the um, statement the athletic director released on the day that Terrence Shannon was arrested. He said, we take these types of allegations and charges seriously. All right. Well, you didn't today. I mean, you didn't today. You did. You did when he was arrested. I believe it was late December. But today, you did not have to play him, and you chose to. He is still accused of the exact same stuff, still facing the exact same charges he was faced with in late December. You did not have to play him today, and you chose to. That's the decision. If you're comfortable with it, that's fine, but let's call it what it is. Yeah. And now we'll have to see if this case gets a next stage in terms of the allegations against him becoming an actual charge, uh, which could well require a grand jury to uh, find enough to, to indict him. That is scheduled for as late as I believe February 23rd. That's a full month from now. And we'll see how the, uh, this story, I guess, progresses from here, or if it doesn't, we might, we might have a non update between now and then um, we'll have to uh, wait and see the, the, the poll question on this episode and the live chat on YouTube was, are you okay with Illinois playing Terrence Shannon Jr. under these current circumstances? It is 53% no, 47% yes. This does seem to be, uh, and the poll results there obviously reflect that. It is a, an, an issue where people are on both sides of this because there are some who will say you could be falsely a- accused of something. And this case, if it ever went to trial, will take six, eight, 12 months. It could take two years to wrap up should someone that could be innocent in a situation like this have their ability to be just taken away from them by a charge that could be entirely false you know so the people that are that are coming down on behalf of Terrence Shannon Jr. are saying um, innocent until proven guilty although to be clear that has nothing to do with whether or not you should be playing basketball that's the thing stupid sports fans say every time something like this comes up but it's always a stupid thing sports fans say yes yes Um, innocent until proven guilty um, is what will keep you from being sentenced to prison it does not keep you on a basketball court. Stop being dumb just because you have a Twitter account. So that's uh, that's where that's where we are on this. And um, yeah, I mean it's uh, not not an easy one here for sure. And to to me, the decision. I put it this way: if they decided to sit him, at least in the short term, after so soon after the TRO, um, exercising a bit more caution wouldn't have been the worst thing, in my opinion. But He's back, he's playing, and they are going to ride with this moving forward. And again, this is a presumption on my behalf, but I'm just looking at where everything is right now. Um, Someone uh, even in the chat mentioned this. The AD specifically has a law background. Uh, I will be under the working assumption until uh, the AD 
says otherwise that I, I have to believe he thinks that Terrence Shannon Jr. will ultimately uh, wind up not being prosecuted under this, and that's why they're taking this chance. That's fine, but when they released the statement, they didn't say, we have a policy that says when somebody's, um, you know, there's a warrant issued and somebody's arrested for rape, uh, then we decide to look into it, and if they get a temporary restraining order, then we'll look into it a little more, and if we think they're ultimately going to be found innocent, then we'll just keep playing them. Right. That ain't what they said. I know. On December 28th, they tried to stand strong. This is what we stand for at Illinois. And on Sunday, that came crashing down. If you're comfortable with it, it's fine. It ain't got nothing to do with me, but that's who you are. That's who you are. You're the school playing a guy who is facing, still facing a rape charge. He's not facing an allegation. This is an allegation that was made months ago and was investigated, and they brought it to the level where they felt it was necessary to issue a warrant and arrest him. If you're comfortable with it, that's what it is. Then that's fine. I mean, or it's not. But, like, you know, just what I'm not going to get caught up in the bullshit that other people get caught up in. Like, well, what are you going to do? It's a TRO and innocent till proven guilty. Shut up. None of that makes any sense as it pertains to this situation. You didn't have to play him. You certainly acted like in late December you wouldn't under these circumstances or anybody under these circumstances. But you decided to, perhaps because he projected as a first-team All-American. We'll leave it here. I'll ask you this question, then we'll go. No way to know for sure. But if Illinois' player that was uh, arrested for rape was the 10th leading scorer instead of the first, do you think he's played today? No, for two okay. reasons. One, for obvious reasons. And two, he wouldn't have been given the TRO to begin with because he had his name, image, and likeness had no value. The judge wouldn't have seen credence into... Uh, okay, okay. Uh, let me take it another step. 10th leading scorer today at Illinois is granted a temporary restraining order after being charged with rape. Does he play today? I mean, I, I can't read Brad Underwood's mind. I'm, I would lean I would lean no in that case. I believe you think the answer is no as well. Yeah. yeah. I think he's playing because he's awesome. And sometimes being awesome at basketball is enough to make people overlook other things. It's a, that's a truth as old as time. You want to talk hoops? We got a fun story. That was, that's a not so fun story. We have the most fun story of the weekend to talk about after this break. Big Z is the new sensation at Kentucky. We'll discuss the freshman Croatia from Croatia next. And John Calipari's Wildcats in general. But first, let's get a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. 
As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Let's see if I get it right. Okay. Zavonimir Ivisic. Yeah, it's, I think Ivisic. Ivisic. I think it's Zvonimir. So like the, the Z and the V, they really just, it's, it's, it's a slick on-ramp there. Zvonimir Ivisic. Yeah. Zvonimir Ivisic. Norlander, you know I ain't gotten much use for an 18-minute minute read, but I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. I do love it when you put a pronunciation in the second t- paragraph. And that column was a solid uh, four-minute read, my man. That yeah, was, no. I got through the whole thing. I got through the whole thing. Words. I just wanted to compliment you because oh, yeah. the first thing when I see Zvonimir Ivisic, Ivisic, Ivisic. Zvonimir Ivisic. Let's try, let's try. You know what? Let's try this again. Zvonimir. Not Zvon. Not Zvon. It's Zvon. It's Zvonimir. Zvonimir Ivisic. Zvonimir Ivisic. There we go. Zvonimir Ivisic. There you go. This is harder than you, you know think what? from Mississippi. As the column says, just call him Big Z. Big Z. Hey, um, I, I was thinking about going with um, um, ZI. Why? Like KD. Oh, ZI, I know. Yeah. Z works, and I'm also trying to make the Croatian sensation a thing. I put that in the column a couple times. Well, Cro- I tell you, the first thing when I see, hey, this guy's come off the bench, he's doing a thing. The first thing I go is, man, I'm going to have to figure out how to say this dude's name. Yeah, well, Where yeah. am I going to do that at? And Big then, and then thank, thank God you got it right there in the second paragraph. Thank God. Thank God for you. I said, you can just call him Big Z. This is a fun one, man. He comes off. So real quick backstory. We're not going to bog this pod down. Um, had played in European ball and kept his amateur status despite playing in uh, professional leagues. This leads to an elongated process. I remember Kentucky fans asking, uh, coming and finding me like in August. Hey, is he going to get cleared? He eventually gets cleared to get enrolled in Kentucky and it's good in, in Kentucky's house there. And then the NCAA takes 75 days to clear him. Word finally comes out uh, Saturday morning after like 72 hours ago, Kentucky fans rallied enough money to apparently, I, I, I didn't see where exactly this is in relation proximity to the NCAA eligibility center, but they had a, a free big Z billboard <laughs> it's cleared, which uh, if you, if we had just ran, if this had popped up, not even just a week ago, cause that would have probably influenced our, our verdict. But if you'd asked me like the week before Christmas, is big Z going to get cleared? I think I would lean. No, thank God. They cleared this guy, man, because I, I wrote a column on it. We'll link it in the description. If you want to read it, he was a, a, a mini revelation. They didn't, they didn't need him for the, uh, for the entire 40 minutes there. Kentucky had no issues with Georgia. Georgia actually came back late. The game was not as close as the final score indicated, but he hops off the bench, makes his big debut uh, and earned standing ovation for this guy. And it's a behind the back pass. It's a block shot. It's one made three after another. And then he hits his fourth three and he goes Jordan in the 92 final final shoulder shrug as he just trots back there. The building's on fire. I, I watched every single possession. He was on the floor in that first half. And I, I don't know if there have been five more joyous ecstatic moments since Calipari got there inside Rupp arena. It was incredible. And then I'll let you take it. But the, the crux of my column was this was an amazing moment. Uh, we should all be pissed after the fact that the NCAA made us wait 75 days to see this dude ball like this. And now Kentucky has the deepest roster in the country. And though defensively, it's got some issues uh, and it's not a top tier defense. It's not a tier two defense offensively from a depth standpoint, from a talent standpoint, you tell me they're trotting out a seven, two dude who can hit shots from 23 feet. Like it's nothing. They can play with anyone on that side of the ball in the country. To me right now, it's a tier one of three national title contenders. And is this an overreaction? Maybe it is. I don't care, man. They got talent across the board. Purdue, 
UConn, Kentucky, then draw a line. Then we can have a discussion about everyone else. But to me, that's what that's what Avicic's eligibility and inclusion on this team means. Because holy hell, they got they might have. And you want a real overreaction? I got it for you. Because Reed Shepard's been the best freshman in the country. He's coming off the bench. They might have the two best freshmen in the country coming off the bench at Kentucky this season. Incredible story. Love Cena. What were your thoughts about what transpired in Lexington on Saturday? Zavonimir. There you go. You're getting there. Um, loved it. What a scene. Poor Mick Cronin, by the way. Oh my gosh. He that's... can't buy one p- experienced player out of the portal and Kentucky's putting up billboards outside the NCAA. That's true. Not a good night for our guy, Mick. I got it in the whip around it. But yeah, that, uh, if you really, you know what? I hadn't to put that juxtaposed against each other, but it's true, man. <laughs> Mick can't get out of, can't go to the portal cause he ain't got no money. And Kentucky's just like, let's throw a billboard up outside the NCAA, see if we can get Zavonimir cleared. And they did. It's a real, I'll say what everybody else has said, it's a real flaw in the system um, that he could be held out until January 20th, but then ultimately cleared to play. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we've, we've looked at everything now. You're all good. And I know somebody's going to try to connect this to the Terrence Shannon thing. Well, if you thought it was a shame that he was held out, what? One of these people is facing a rape charge and the other one's not. Let's not confuse the situations. Um, he missed 16 games. He'll never get those back. That stinks. But I'm not sure. Okay, let's. Here's the thing. People always say, this is crazy. And I'm one of them. This guy is ultimately, you just, you, there's no timetable on anything. You just reach a conclusion when you reach it. And you reach this one in game 17. It, everybody thinks this is a sh- terrible situation. All right. I don't like to just complain about things. I like to think about them and go, okay, well, how could we do this better? How could we do this better? What's the, be- what's the fix? Is there a fix? I don't, d- dude, you're asking me to get inside the halls and yeah, walls. No, I'm, I, don't, I don't know that there's a great like, answer. I don't, I'm with I don't you. know. They obviously like, they don't want to have a situation where they've got someone who could have potentially been making uh, money at whatever level, decent living, whatever, playing perfect. They don't want a professional coming in and playing amateur athletics. And so because of this, it took this long. It's a joke. It took this long. Uh, That's my so- thing. I don't think it shouldn't take this long. And then they clear him. Mike White and his staff did this huge scout on Kentucky. They had no idea this dude was playing. They were done. They were done. Like they were like the word came out like four hours, five hours before they tipped. Can you imagine like these poor GAs and like third assistants that suddenly had to scrounge up a scouting report on this dude after not thinking they'd have to face him? Georgia, which had not lost a road game entire season, trying to maybe maybe cobble together like a, a last four in kind of resume. There, they they were toast. I I don't know how you expedite this. It it, it has long been an issue. Parish, you have been writing about this dude i remember you writing about this stuff before i got to cbs in like 0809 when we were talking yeah. about guys not getting cleared there so they and i understand and just for our listeners because gp obviously understands this it the, football men's college basketball they're the two sports that bring the most attention when it comes to eligibility eligibility issues on all this stuff but the the eligibility center they're worried about every damn ncaa sanctioned sport under the sun so the list is just endless and they're going through and and as it's been told to me a couple times over the years there is not a priority hey this guy plays basketball kentucky but this this guy plays soccer in the big sky it's just one name after the next after the next we get to it when we get to it and we got to dig and dig and dig in but that being said at a certain point like charlie baker as ncaa president i'm sure he would agree with this even though he hasn't doesn't have anything to do with this case altogether you can't allow a season to drag literally into the second half of a campaign and not have answers here that did happen here it worked out well for kentucky and as a benefit now um the ceiling has been raised and uh we might have one of the five most entertaining players in the sport that quickly we'll see if he can be consistent i want to be clear about this I had a line about that in the column we'll see if like 
three games in, then seven games in, then 13 games in, if he's really going to be that kind of guy off the bench. But I'll just tell you, right away, immediately, ball of fun, can shoot it, good passer, a little flat-footed, but uh, but what he brings to them is another another really good big. And yeah, Kentucky, hello. They were already a fun, good team. And now, again, the defense is an issue. We'll save that for a different show because they got to clean up a lot of stuff there. Uh, but on the offensive end, holy hell, man. They are they are really coming together and credit to Calipari because he's built uh, he's built himself quite an quite an interesting roster. He's never had one quite like this. I um when he first became a prospect in the sense that, hey, here's this guy, and it looks like he might come to college. I talked. I asked a couple of people about him. Like, is this somebody that should be on my? I will tell you the initial r- reports I got, for lack of a better word, were like, "Yeah, he's talented," but it was not like he's got. Whoever gets him has got an All American. And it, it, he, listen, he might not be. We're poking fun, but <laughs> all I know is it's Kentucky hoops. This dude stepped on the floor yes. and looked like he was college hoops as Jokic. Okay, that's what it was. Like, <laughs> no, right no, no, no. It was like what are we have? What is going on here? Hey, I hope he is. I hope he yeah. is. And everything I saw on Saturday was encouraging. I'm just wonder, and I'm just wondering. I'm not predicting. Like, is that as good as it ever gets? And maybe not. Is that as good as it ever gets? But like, he might just settle into. You know, that ain't that was a that was a hell of a debut, but that ain't that ain't consistently what it's going to look like. I don't know, but but he was fabulous. Just to circle back to what should it, there's got to be a better way to handle these types of situations. I I'll 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 stand on that. There's got to be a better way, but it's not clear to me what what it is, and it's not clear to the NCAA because if it was, they would have already implemented that. I would just like they've already got one billion committees. I get one billion and one. And I'd form a committee to try to figure out, is there a better way we can do this? Because a guy who at least looked in limited minutes on Saturday, like he could be one of the more enjoyable players in the country, just missed uh, more than two months of the season uh, while we were trying to determine whether he should be allowed to play or not. Um, is there a better way to do it? For Kentucky, uh, that, that's what I think the, they should be. Those are, that's a question that should be asked among people who have the power to actually do something about it. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, I'll just mention the fact that like Avisic, you know, he played 16 minutes. He had 13 points, five boards, a couple of assists, three blocks, one foul. He got a technical for hanging on the rim. <laughs> it didn't even look like he knew what he was doing. Like when it was happening, like that split second before I heard the whistle in my brain, I was like, he might get up. Yep. He got a T. doesn't know what's going on there. Uh, so he really got the full college experience there. But I'll mention this. Uh, Antonio Reeves, he had 21. Trey Mitchell had a game high 23. DJ Wagner had another really good game. So it's the pieces around him that are coming together and then not a, throw this up on the screen real quick. I love this. I don't know if you saw this, but Antonio Reeves, who is really putting it together as of late, he's a part of this huge win. Kentucky's had 90 plus points in like four straight games. The offense is incredible. Our dude hits up the local bowling alley with his, uh, he's, you got to kind of pinch in there. If you're watching on video here, that's him at the counter. I, I I'm, he's bringing, Bowling ball, bowling bag in hand. I love the fact that one of the better players in the SEC is apparent. This is like an hour and a half after the game ends, Parrish. I love it. Antonio Reeves, dude, literally, dude. I want to know if he's watched the Big Lebowski. Big time stuff. I love seeing that pop up late on Saturday night. You get a huge win and you're like, guys, no, no, no. We're getting to the lanes. Over the line. Love it. What do they What do they call it when you go uh, bowling, but they turn out all the lights and they play music real loud? I think that's called global. That's right? not It was definitely not, not global, global? In, in Memphis. They turn off the we lights. It something else. Someone in the chat help us. But they turn off the lights and play. What? what it's what like, it's like strobe lights and lasers, yeah. and then they play loud music, and it's called something bowling. We're going something bowling, but I don't know what it is. Okay. I keep want to say cyber bowling, but I think I'm just cyber thinking of cyber bowling. bullying. 
I think I'm thinking of cyber bowling. I thought it was glow bowling. I don't know. I it's don't know. It's not go bowling. It's, oh, it's not um, go bowling. Glow bowling. Yeah, no, I know. It's not glow bowling. That's cosmic I mean, bowling. I, cosmic bowling? Cosmic bowling. That's it. It is. Okay, there we go. Cosmic bowling. Special shouts to Brady. That's exactly right. right. I only go cosmic bowling. Okay. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. That's why I took us through that entire exercise. So I could say I only go cosmic bowling. All right. Cosmic bowling. Here we go. Love it. Good stuff on you, Kentucky. Well, they got a roadie against uh, South Carolina Tuesday night. We'll get to that at the end of the show. I did. Um, I did. Uh, I did move Kentucky into the top 10 of the top 25 and one. I was certain Kentucky fans would be thrilled. I thought they'd be like, GP, you got us in the top 10. I thought they'd be thrilled. <laughs> you did not. You were dead on arrival on that one. I was. They're not thrilled. Come they're, on, man. They're, they're not thrilled. And I thought they'd be thrilled because there's not a single computer that has Kentucky in the top 10. And there's not a single way to look at what Kentucky's done since the season started on November 6th and say that's a top 10 resume in the country. The only way you get Kentucky into the top 10 right now is if you just say, oh, buddy, I like their players. <laughs> and I do. So I, know, I do too. I do too. That's why I've got Kentucky in the final four. I like their players too. But at this point in the season, as I've said a million times, I'm more interested in ranking you based on what you've done than based on what I think you might be able to do if you really get it going. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I want you to just as an exercise, because you're a smart guy, you follow the sport closely. I know Kentucky fans will appreciate this. I want you to make the case for Kentucky as a top 10 team right now, but you cannot use a phrase similar to, I just think they're really good. I just think they have great players or go big blue. You put me on the spot right now. Yeah. Making the case. <laughs> so, okay. While you're looking at it, I will hit you with a trivia time. Can uh, I hit you with a trivia hit, time? Hit me right now. Trivia time. Yeah. There is only one team in the entire top 20 of the top 25 and one with fewer than five wins in the first two quadrants and a quadrant three loss also on the resume. Can you name that team? It's got to be Kentucky. Oh, you're so smart. The only one. Yeah. Only so one in the entire top 20. Uh, since it's a Sunday and people listen to this on Monday as the AP poll continues to refresh every Monday. Um, a reminder, I'm just, I bring this up just for our listeners. Paris is building as top 25 and one from a resume perspective. It's more like, it's more built like a bracketology than a in the moment power ranking, which tends to be what the polls are. Uh, Kentucky in terms of how it's playing, it has one loss since December 2nd. If I was doing the power ranking, shouts to David Cobb for taking over that this season. I would have Kentucky top 10 because it is trending that way, including a win over a North Carolina team that registers as top five level right now. That's a good one. That's why I would have them top 10. It, it is it is really is the win over UNC, which continues to age well. Carolina got a win over Boston College and now has a two-game lead in the ACC. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But that would basically be my case. This team has one loss in overtime at Texas A&M. That is a top 35, 40 level kind of team. It's an understandable loss. And that's the only one that they've got since December 2nd. Oh, oh let me be clear. I don't think it's crazy for somebody to have Kentucky in the top 10. You, I know that because you literally do. <laughs> <laughs> or even in the top five. I don't care. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. If you just if you just want to land on, I think Kentucky's awesome. But that's all you got. It's the only reason you can say it is you just go, man, I just love their team because I love their team too. And I and you go, man, I think they got better players than everybody else because you're ready for this. So do I. I think they got better players than everybody else. And I think they got more of them than everybody else. We'll get into a conversation at some point whether they got too many of them. <laughs> yeah. But but I think they got more of them than anybody else. And I think theirs are better than anybody else. I love the team too. But I've made it clear at this point for years now 
that this is the way I do things. If you do them differently, that's how you get Kentucky into the top five or higher than 10. But um, and, and that's the thing. I'm not saying any of this to say it's crazy if you don't think Kentucky. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's crazy if you think Kentucky should be higher than 10. I don't think it's crazy if you think. I just think it's crazy if you can't understand why Kentucky is 10. That's the part I think is crazy. But whatever. Go Big Blue. Let's let's move around. We're 37 minutes into this. We've talked about one game, and it was a wild Saturday. Oh, oh, buddy. We had a triple overtime game, too. We did. We got to get to it. All right. Uh, another word from our partners. Partners. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, dead leg. Bounce us around the rest of the country. A lot to get to here. Let's focus on the Big East to start, okay? UConn wins at Villanova. Seven straight wins. Tristan Newton had a game-high 25. 19 came in the second half. Villanova third loss in four games. And I'm going to give a shout to Jay Wright because he was in studio Saturday afternoon, made the trip back to Philly to watch this game in person. And then was back in the New York city studios at CBS on Sunday afternoon, just to watch Nova couldn't quite pull it out. Um, that was a big one, but that was the least significant result of the day. I'm starting with that. Number two was Marquette winning at St. John's. All five starters from Marquette got into double figures. Oso Igadaro had 17 points, only missed two shots on the day. Marquette shot 52, 54.2% from the field. Um, it's their second straight game when they've uh, cleared 54% from the field. And Tyler Cola continues to play well. St. John's, they it was it was so close. Did you see the video of Patino collapsing when the shot <laughs> on the game didn't go in? Did you see him fall to the ground there? It's, it's, he's, he's live he's, well, I he's mean, he was on the verge of like the top 25 and then he gets COVID and now it's two straight losses. I know, but he, he did make it back in time for that. Um, a really entertaining game, the Marquette game, and we'll get to the Creighton game here. The noon window on Saturday was just outstanding. That noon to two thirty ish window was, was fantastic there. Uh, good on Marquette, but what we saw here was the preseason top three teams come out with wins. And not only did they come out with wins, every single one of them was faced with a road game. And the, the theme we've had here through the first couple of weeks of January is a lot of ranked teams, a lot of good teams are getting knocked off on the road. Did not happen in the Big East. UConn wins at Villanova, Marquette wins at St. John's, and then holy hell, Creighton won at Seton Hall in three overtimes. It's the fifth triple overtime game we've had this season. There were five total last season, so uh, I seem to believe we're going to get at least another one of these uh, before we get out of here. Uh, first time Creighton's ever won a game in three OTs ever, GP. 91-90. Trey Alexander hit a three with 28 seconds to go. That gave Creighton the lead for good. This came swung between, obviously, Seton Hall's going to get it. Obviously, Creighton's going to get it. Both fan bases were so annoyed because the official, it was a, listen, it was a rough whistle. I was watching the whole thing. I, I'm with you. It was a rough whistle, but you know what? You had calls go for both of you. Calls go against you. At the end of the day, Creighton gets out of there with, uh, with a one-point win. It had 16 lead changes and 10 ties. Uh, there were six players with 20 or more points 
And good on Creighton for getting this. And you know what? To me, it was Kalkbrenner. He had 28 points, game high, and uh, to go with nine boards. And they need him to be that kind of consistent if they're going to be a true factor at the top of the league. Your thoughts on what we saw happen? We pre- This was the lead of our Friday show. Big big weekend for the Big East and the, and the six best teams all facing and squaring off. Games lived up to the hype. Creighton-Seton Hall was one of the five best games of the season so far. Yeah, it was a fun weekend in the Big East. Um, I did drop Seton Hall just barely. Um, to 26th in the top 25 and one on Sunday morning after the loss, they will move up to 25 on Monday morning based on Memphis losing on Sunday and falling out. Memphis lost at Tulane. And um, this guarantees, of course, that somebody will look at the top 25 and one on Monday morning and then immediately tweet me and go, so Seton Hall loses at home to Creighton and then you move them up. No, they move down. They moved down after they lost to Creighton. This is a daily thing. So they moved down on Sunday morning. Now it's Monday morning. Memphis was ahead of them. Memphis dropped out. Everybody moved up. It's not complicated. It's not. It's just not hard to follow. Just, just send out the link and don't look at the and don't. It's look just at the not hard to follow. It's not hard not to look at the mentions. I'm to do it for me. Do it for me. Just don't look. I can't. Just don't um, look. So. So Creighton gets a win, a good one. Marquette gets a win, a good one. UConn, I just this occurred to me. Road teams wouldn't won every one of those games, huh? Yeah, I said. Did you hear me say that before? I mean, yeah. we got. I mean, I don't want. I mean, like you're, you're, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is playing over I here. I know you're right? not really dialed in, right? Listen, Patrick we, Mahomes we, is playing over here, buddy. We were not going to make our audience wait until the end of Chiefs Bills. We're going to get this done well before the first quarter. The Chiefs Bills is done, and uh, yeah, Josh Allen. Here we go, fourth and one, and uh, they get the first down. Also, some of you were listening on this Monday, and they already know the score of the game. All right, continuing. No, wait, 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 to say one thing about UConn. Okay, go ahead. They go to Villanova. I've been in studio with Chris Walker, former Villanova. Yes, great. All yeah. week. Oh, buddy, he can't talk. He can't. He said, GP, don't worry about your top 25 and one. Villanova is going to take care of UConn on yeah. Saturday. I said, okay, okay, see, walk. Okay. I'm just going to hang in there tight with the <sighs> Boilermakers then. Um, he said, don't worry. I know them UConn fans are on your ass right now, but don't worry. V's up. They're going to get them on Saturday. I said, okay, see, walk. V's up. He said, V's up. I said, okay, see, walk. And then I turned this game on. It was 11 to nothing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> No, no, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I can't do things with my hands. Very oh, well. You are a mess right now. Look at this. Is that arthritis? Well, why can't I do better than that? Visa, visa. <laughs> I have to. I need separators. Oh my god! Look, look at your right middle finger. Oh, thank God I didn't go to Villanova. It would have been a disaster. Oh my gosh! Visa, up. Well, visa. So I said, okay, see, walk, okay. I can't even say what else. Yep. All right. Yeah. And then I turned the game on. It was eleven to nothing. No escalators tweeted. <laughs> what is tweet? tweet? I missed it. No. What is Somebody it? tweeted four of UConn's five starters have scored already, and no escalators quote tweeted and said zero of Villanova's <laughs> have scored. <laughs> hey, it got close. It got close, but UConn did win. On the road, 66-65. I do still have Purdue number one in the top 25 and one based on the idea that the Boilermakers have uh, seven quad one wins. That's more than anybody else. Uh They have 11 wins in the first two quadrants. That's more than anybody else. I will say, just because I'm always hitting you with this stuff, it's only fair that I say this. Do you realize Purdue now has a quad two loss? Uh, By nature, how did the math break on that? At Northwestern, slipped to like 70. Northwestern slipped to 78 in the net. 
Only top 75 on the road. So Purdue doubt now does have a quad two loss, at least temporarily. And uh, UConn does not. So just like I said last week, I don't think it's crazy to vote UConn number one. I just I I think Purdue has the better resume, but it is now tighter if you care about that quad two loss becoming a quad two instead of a quad one. I'm going to tie this up here. Shouts to Rob Anderson. He's the sports information director at Creighton. He is the fellow. If you don't know what a sports information director is, they are the uh, truly tremendous people that help uh, communications between media and coaches and players. They are the liaisons that they make college sports go. He sent me a note here. Said Creighton leads all Big Six teams in net point differential in road games this season, plus fifty-five. That's actually a pretty good stat in Creighton's favor. So it's plus fifty-five on the road this season. That's the best margin of any Big Six team. Trivia time. Okay. There's a non-Big Six team that leads this category nationally. Trivia time. What non-Big Six team leads the entire country in point differential on the positive end? I'm gonna guess. Just just guessing. Why would Why would Rob Anderson send this to the pod? Why would he send it? Trivia time. Who would it be? I'm going to say Princeton. It, no, Princeton is two. UMass Lowell plus 84. <laughs> Mississippi Riverhawks. The Mississippi Riverhawks. In road differential. Rob Anderson, that's a great stat. We appreciate you. I love those nuggets. That's good time stuff there. Let's continue to whip around. You mentioned Purdue. Uh, it won at Iowa. The biggest news actually of Iowa related. Good good job on Purdue. They continue to, to rack up the wins. Uh, but the biggest Iowa news was Caitlin Clark getting into a collision after Iowa got beat on the road at Ohio State. And a fan bumped into Caitlin Clark and um, I was out and about doing family stuff. So thank God I missed this discourse. But apparently this turned this this started as oh my God, is the most famous college basketball player okay into Caitlin Clark's a massive flopper, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> so thank God I missed all of that. And in all sincerity, like obviously, um, thank God she's okay. Uh, and that there w- it wasn't anything bad, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was an accidental uh, boom, boom, uh, bang, bang play, I guess. And uh, every, every, everything was all good and copacetic, but I figured we at least must mention it's, of course, nearly just, what would have been the biggest non NFL headline of the weekend had Caitlin Clark suffered a, an actual injury. That's right. I think we've got the video and what you'll see is her trying to get off of the court. And then she is, I understand, like bumped into is one way of putting it run into by a larger person is another way to put it. Let's just watch it. We can look at it together. OK. Boom. <laughs> It, that's uh that's a moving it, screen dead leg that it looks like here's what what's weird about this and i didn't catch the game live was again doing some family stuff there's already an assembly on the court at this point so i don't know if if they had gone through handshake lines and then caitlin clark's just looking to get out of there it wasn't a, like a massive she also wasn't uh, she wasn't playing frogger there and bobbing and weaving as, as like a huge flood of people it was just it happened to be she started sprinting ahead of her teammates and then someone else was eager to get out there just a just a little bit of a weird scene that's all do you ever have this i because I, I walk a lot in new york right back and forth to the studio i got about a 13 minute walk you know a few times a week yeah. and every once in a while you'll get in a situation where on your sidewalk and there's two people walking like this yeah two two ships passing each other in the night <laughs> yes but one person like we are on a collision course We've had this discussion on the show before, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Okay, but it happened to me like three days ago, and it was a woman. And we made eye contact. We're about 10 feet away from each other, and we're, we're, we're on a collision course. And, I'm, and I, it, it becomes increasingly clear to me that she is not going to move, that the only way to avoid bumping her is to actually step out of my way. And I had this half-second moment where I was like, you know what? I should not. I should stand my ground. 
And then I was like, no, I'm not going to just bump into somebody, a stranger. That's crazy. It's on you. It's on you to move. I know, but why do why if I would not have moved, I don't think she would have moved, and that bothered me. Okay, because I felt like she was willing to have a collision with me. Uh, well, you dodged her, Clay, Clay, and I feel like if I wouldn't have moved, she would have said, "Hey, why'd you just walk into me?" But I would have had just a right to say, "Hey, why did you just walk into me?" That's uh, that's that's the New York. Way. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. That's the New York way, man. That's just how it goes. That's what I you don't do. think is. I think both I'm of you. Walking here. I think anytime you're headed for a collision, both people out of a out of a, a courtesy should swerve slightly in different directions so that you both show each other you're making an attempt to not hit each other. You're doing equal work. I think that's fair. All right, fair, fair enough. Let's continue. Yeah, well, with- let me let me say this. Did you see? Okay. Uh, Fox Sports, I believe, because oh, we should say Caitlin Clark after the game. She said, I was a little scared, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. And then Fox Sports retweeted a clip from Matt Painter from earlier in the year, I think when Purdue lost at Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes. Okay. You saw this then. First off, Matt I says, that. I remember Painter's comments when he said, We keep getting our, so, you know, I'm about to say this. So sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, uh, he said, We keep time, getting our, right now. We keep. <laughs> We keep getting uh, court stormed, and can we just have a better job of like organizing? He said something like that, so I'm assuming that's what was right. Right. Um, he actually said, I didn't realize this. Tell me if you realize this. He said, every one of our freshmen, sophomore, and juniors have never lost a road game without having the court stormed. Yeah, and then someone uh, said that that's actually technically not true. There was one time. Uh, so he's a liar. He's a liar. I think, right. was it Indiana last year? Indiana didn't do it, but uh, with the exception of one game. But otherwise, yes, they, they, every time they've lost on the road in the Big Ten, they've been court stormed. Indiana should have. Well, that's blue blood program. Wasn't it's tough. Yeah. It's no, tough. That's why, that's why it doesn't happen. Blue blood. On one hand, you're the fourth best program in your state. You want to storm the court when you beat the best. On the other hand, you're supposed to be a blue blood. You can't do it. Can tough do it. situation. It's a tough thing to balance. So what Matt said after he got through lying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What Matt said was, uh, hey, listen, he said something that I have said for years and wrote nine years ago which is, can we all agree? Tell me this. Okay, let's, since we're having fun with hypotheticals today, here's one for you. Caitlin Clark gets run over. <laughs> and she is concussed. Okay, she hits her head on the court. Bam! Okay. Now she's concussed. All right? Yeah. She's a modern-day Tua. Okay? Now. See that coming? All right. What are, well, you remember, he used to get concussed. I'm aware, I'm aware. Keep going. Okay. So that's what's going on. Would we would we start tomorrow? Would the Big Ten start putting in policies as, as like start talking about it tomorrow? Would we all be having a national conversation about court storming tomorrow if Caitlin Clark was seriously hurt? Well, we are having a national conversation because this is a national podcast, so we are having that now. But had she been injured, it completely changes uh, okay. situation. So and the situation. Paul, what Paris is about to say is we shouldn't have to wait until that happens to have that conversation. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I also don't think uh, having seen this work in other places, having proper court storm protocol and prepare for it. Hey, it, we're having, you know, it's not a listen. If, if you're Cincinnati and you beat TCU, I understand how you can't possibly prepare for that. Cause who could ever think your kids would want to storm the floor after beating TCU as we saw a few nights ago. But if you've got a top 10 team coming in and you think, Hey, well, let's be real here. Can we set proper protocols in place? Cause it can be done, but the big 10 has not gotten it done yet. And I wonder, I, I don't wonder, I bet you because of what painter said. And now with Clark stuff, I bet you, that uh, Tony Petiti, that commissioner, that there will be discussions on this sooner rather than later. Now, I have long said, and it is true, 
because I, I, I realize somebody's going to say this. Hey, Paris, you wrote a column nine years ago saying one day something really bad's going to happen on a high-profile game. And guess what? It's been nine years, buddy. I got you. <laughs> I got nice. you. But it is untrue that these things never lead to disasters. There's a guy in a wheelchair right now who was paralyzed during a court storming. You don't know his name. Neither do I. You don't. There know was the also game. a guy in a wheelchair who did court storm at NC State famously, and we gave him shine on the pot a few years. I back. know that's the problem. Is that sometimes this is awesome? <laughs> exactly. 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 Oh, there's another person in the middle of a game. Arkansas State Saturday. I don't mean to get off track. Yes, 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 yes. Onto the court with an I love milf shirt. I don't even See? know what that was about. <laughs> okay, here's my rule. Okay, listen, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to stay consistent with this and not contradict myself. Here's my rule. If you're in a wheelchair, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> If you're in a wheelchair, knock yourself out, man. I don't care. But but able able bodied people should not be on the court unless they are participating in the game. In all seriousness, what Matt said is well, eventually something very bad is going to happen in a high profile game, and then we will all do something about this. We'll say we can't do this anymore. So why what are we waiting on? You know? Yeah. Like you don't you don't wait till you have a stroke to start taking cholesterol pills, dead leg. Okay. You don't wait till you have a heart attack to start taking blood pressure pills, if that's what that means. So why are we waiting until something really bad happens in a high-profile game to do what we know we're going to do when something really happens, really bad happens in a high-profile game? Why wouldn't we go ahead and eliminate the possibility? I know what people are saying. Hey, GP, how would you do it? This is what I suggested nine years ago. You just make the punishment clear and you enforce it. You, you don't need a million security guards. That's what people say. You're just going to line the court with security guards? No. You know what you're going to do? You're going to tell everybody there, if you come onto this court after this game, you'll be arrested. If you're a, 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 a normal fan, if you're a student, you will be expelled. Don't do it. And if they do it, then arrest them and, and, and expel them. And then guess what? People will go, well, geez, I can't get expelled from school just to run onto a court. I won't do that anymore. Would, Done. Would that would that work? Yes, it would. Expel what? you. You let you let Nebraska storm the court you got, you and then expel well, you eighty students. Expel you got eighty students. It'll never happen again. Doesn't take it off and can't be identified on camera. Then what do you got? Oh, we can identify him with, with the horse mask. You know, yes, <laughs> that's what happens there. Or a bunch of uh, V for Vendetta masks. Just a bunch yes, of students just throwing them okay. on there. Uh, the only people there who are, are there are loopholes. The only people who are. Um, Immune from suspension or or, or being exp- uh, for being expelled or arrested would be people in wheelchairs and people in horse mask. Okay, <laughs> we'll allow them, but everybody else, you got to go to jail. You got to get expelled. I, I'm joking, obviously, but not about that. I, I really do believe if you just say, guys, we're telling you, if you get on this court, you're you're expelled from school. They it, and then they get on. The, I'm I agree. Somebody will test it, but when they get expelled. And it becomes like a headline. Nebraska's expelled 44 students for storming the court. That will not happen again. I've got a story on this with crowd control and, and et cetera, but we're, we're running late. I'm going to save it for a different show when court storming comes up again. Plus, we've got Bill's Chiefs we want to get to. A um, couple more here, and then we'll wrap up. Iowa State won at TCU. That's just notable because Iowa State it just took it to the Horn Frogs, and that's a really impressive win by TJ Otzelberger's guys. Um, let's talk Big 12 real quick here. Baylor lost at Texas. Uh, Rodney Terry got dragged a little bit because, <laughs> good. because uh, first of all, all right, g- g- game ends uh, with uh, just, you know, Baylor got caught in the wrong defensive situation. Oh, and then Tyrese God. Hunter, Ty, listen, Tyrese Hunter makes a great play to hit it at the horn and they win at the buzzer and Hunter had 21 points. He played well. It was another like a really, really good game. Texas finally has a top 25 win this season. But when it happens, 
Rodney Terry responds as if he just clinched an NCAA tournament bid or <laughs> even better. And so when you juxtapose that against what he just did in the previous game when they lost in the same building to UCF, well, he opened himself up to plenty of criticism. He did apologize in the presser afterward for what he said like he clearly like that's the, that stuff like made PTI and uh, I think it got more attention than he might have even anticipated for a Texas UCF game to get nationally and so he's he understood it but Parrish our guy might have been a little a little little happy too happy um, the celebration might have been hey I thought he goes into games expecting to win. That was my thought. We we Texas. We go on. We expect to win. And when you and when you celebrate like that, you're telling me you were hoping to win. I feel like Rodney Terry might have been hoping to win on Saturday against Baylor. Here's the problem: there is nothing wrong with Rodney Terry celebrating a win that happened in that way over a recent national champion and ranked team. The problem is that Rodney Terry said what he said the game before, and then it just comes back to hit him in the face. The, the problem is what he said the game before. It's not what he did this weekend. But when you say what he said the game before, we don't jump up and down like we won the national championship. Oh, yes, you do, buddy. I just watched you. <laughs> that's the problem. But like the play, with that's an amazing way to end the game. And my amazing play from Tyrese Hunter, the finish, like hanging, that was like Ja Morant-esque, like just hanging I in know. the air. Yeah. They, like Ja does that all the time. He just hangs in the air longer than everybody else and then gets the ball up. That's what Tyrese, I'm not comparing him to Ja Morant, obviously, but that's what, the way he just hung he just hung in the air longer than everybody else and then got the ball up at the rim. Incredible play. You cannot let him catch the ball like that. Dude. That was the problem. They let him catch it and get downhill immediately. Yes. Full head esteemed. Good handoff by Dazu. Baylor was in the wrong spot situation there. And hey, listen, that's the latest reason why I love the fact that college basketball does not have the call timeout advantage to half court because we get plays like that. That was an awesome play. You don't get it if you get it at half court. And more often than not, college hoops is giving us endings like that. One more Big 12 note Texas Tech was down 17 at home, came back, beat BYU. It's still keeping pace atop the league. Yeah, Grant McCaslin doing an awesome job in year one. A uh, little this, little that to wrap up. Uh, before we look ahead to, to Monday and Tuesday, Syracuse beat Miami at the buzzer on a three-pointer. Miami is going from Final Four team to GP. Uh, that team might not be making the turn. Oh, you down, Kempom? If you're listening to the show, I know you're going. You down? You down? I, I'm I, like that seems disrespectful. Well, I'm just saying, you down. Syracuse gets a big home win. Good on them. Tennessee had no issues with Bama, which is eye-opening only in that the predictive metrics loved Alabama as a top 10, top 12 level kind of team. Tennessee, I wasn't in on that, but you know the data was the data at this point. In Tennessee, it was not even a game. The Vols with a, uh, a reaffirming win and kind of a quiet one considering what that matchup was and then a lot of the attention that, that Kentucky got in that conference. Um, Arizona, speaking of teams coming back from big deficits, Arizona was down 19 at one point to UCLA. UCLA blew it. Arizona was able to get the win. Mick Cronin had more regrettable stuff afterward. Did you see the the clips that were shared after in the hallway when he met with the with the small media scrum or no? I did I see it? Yeah, did you see what he said or no? I read it. I did not see it. Well, he had two things. One, and I don't know who the media person was, but someone asked him It's always been What? It, it, maybe it was Ben Ben Bolch. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing. But there were multiple. Every time I read a Mick Cronin quote, it's from Ben. Okay. Well, um, Cronin had just like a, a spare comment of like, I, I'm not surprised you're going to ask me that kind of question. <laughs> what are we doing here? And then Mick, Mick, he had a quote that was something, along, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of, because um, he got asked about the environment. And he was like, uh, you know, 
crowds, buildings, you know, they don't matter to me. You're gonna have to ask Tommy. He plays in here every time. Like my team, this is why my teams play well on the road. I'm like, Mick, you just lost by 46 at Utah. Like, what are you talking about right now, man? I don't know. Every week, man. He just he, Nick is like, I love him. I love McCrone. Like, listen, and we we we've we, we, we have McCrone. He looks unhappy with his life. He doesn't look yeah. like he's having fun coaching the team. And I I I don't even know if he would be on a top three list for Louisville or not. But I'm just telling you, I think this is going bad enough here where it actually has hurt his candidacy if indeed Louisville would be looking at him and if indeed he would even be considering Louisville. It, uh, it's not good at all. I will say this. Um <clears throat> I think he's complicated that like everything else aside, I think he's complicated his candidacy for Louisville. If he wanted to be a candidate for Louisville, but somebody told me recently, you can look this up. Um, the buyout's pretty massive and it, it would cost a lot of money to get him out of there right now. So keep an eye on that. Um, the quote I had seen from Mick was something along the lines of, I guess it was Ben, somebody asked him, is it hard to miss? It was just a question like, uh, is it hard to win a game on the road against a good team when uh, you miss three three-pointers or four three-pointers on the same possession? Because apparently that happened at some point. And uh, Mick was like, ah, it's hard to win an, on the road against a good team when the team shoots like 20-something free throws in the second half. <laughs> it was like one of those. Oh. He just Mick, he's, he's a great basketball coach this season notwithstanding. I, on a personal level, I like him a lot. He, he he strikes me as the type, and he might even agree with this, when things are not going bad, when things are not going well, rather, he can't fake it. He can't yeah, just stand up there. Yeah. He can't just stand up there and be cordial and answer the questions the way. He is very much operating like a coach who hasn't dealt with something like this in a long time or ever, and he doesn't really know what to do um other and he's and he's frustrated and he's in it and he doesn't some people have it in them they can just sit down and say hey this is part of the job i gotta sit down now and i gotta face all these people and they're gonna ask me questions and some of them are gonna be stupid but i'm just gonna answer them all as best i can and he he he's clearly having a hard time doing that yes absolutely um a couple more notes then we're going to preview the week uh the week ahead uh and the american on sunday memphis lost again Tulane got his first win over a ranked team in 25 years tigers um man well they might not have a top 25 uh, resume and then fau got taken to ot but they wound up winning and then some milestones happened one as the process in the process of this podcast getting taped uh shouts to northeastern's bill cohen and northern yeah. Iowa's jacobson they both became the winningest coaches in their respective leagues over the weekend and earlier on sunday just less than an hour ago stanford's tara vandevere passed one mike krzyzewski for the all-time wins in the history of college basketball. And she now sits at 1,203, and she is still going. Big ups to Tara Vanderveer. That's an awesome, awesome moment. Caitlin Clark's stuff will probably be the biggest headline to come out of the weekend in women's college basketball. Frankly, should be Tara Vanderveer because that's an incredible legacy she's built there, and uh, she's not done yet. Krzyzewski had that record for uh, for what wound up being just a short amount of time. Now he sits second to her. Um, only one more game that I'd like to touch on, and then we'll get to looking ahead. Um, okay. It's just I, I, the one I wrote about uh, for the lead to Sunday morning's top 25 and one, and that was Auburn 82, Ole Miss 59. Um, as we predicted, Ole Miss took another loss. Uh, Ole Miss will be out of the AP poll on Monday, and it's I'm skeptical they'll ever get back in it. This might be one of those deals where they just got off to a rough start. Be, I mean, a wonderful start, um, largely because of a not too challenging schedule. 
They got the big win over Memphis, but maybe that doesn't look as good as it looked at the time. And now they're just settling into what they're going to be, which is a bottom half SEC team. So they take a, a second straight blowout loss, um, or you know they lost at Tennessee by a big number as well. Auburn's now sixteen and two, five and zero in the SEC on an eleven game winning streak. Um, top five at Ken Palm, top ten in most computers, but in possession, did you realize this of zero quadrant one wins? Oh, I did. I did not realize that, but it probably explains why Auburn's received some attention, but it has not yet had a moment under the spotlight yet, and that would indicate why. It just not has not had the game where we're either talking about a big game that it just performed in, or we're hyping up a game that it's about to play in. What What was neat? Not neat, but just um, helpful is the way I do the top twenty-five and one is every morning or the night before when things are done. I I, I first I get to order the teams, and then I go, okay, what do I want to write? What can I say? I need three, four, five hundred words about something. And I decided I'm going to write about, I, I honestly, I was going to write about, uh, Zivonimir, Zivonimir. Is that still right? Zivonimir, Avisic. Yeah. Zivonimir. But then I saw you did that and we don't need two of those. So I said, okay, what else can I write about that? And I found Auburn. Cause I thought this was interesting. I was like, okay, they're clearly good. They're beating the hell out of everybody. They're 16 and two. They're undefeated in the sec. They've got incredible computer numbers, but they've, They've got zero quarter one wins. Like that's not normal. I was like, I, and so I, and then it was, so after I figure out what I'm writing about and what I'm trying to say, I will then go to the AP story and just look at quotes that come from press conferences and see if there's anything that fits with what I'm doing. Literally the first quote from Bruce Pearl was my players came up and said, coach, do you believe in us now? He said, because I've been skeptical. I, cause we haven't really beat any ranked teams or many ranked teams. And he's like, I've been skeptical myself of what we are. He basically was saying the same thing I was writing, which is, I, I, I know we have strong computer numbers. I like my team. We're winning, a, we're winning games by big margins, but the, we have not beaten big signature programs. But he did say, but, you know, beating Ole Miss, a team that as a tip-off was ranked in the 20s, at least in the AP poll, like now I'm starting to believe a little bit. Now I'm wondering what we got. Um, but they still, they're 0 and 2 in quadrant one, 6 and 0 in quadrant two, 5 and 0 in quadrant three, 5 and 0 in quadrant four. That's how you get to 16 and 2. There is, um, okay, first, a couple of fun trivia times for you. How many Division I teams have at least one quadrant one win? We've established Auburn has zero. How many teams have at least? Yeah, at least one. I'll say, it's a good one. I'll say we're at, and Auburn doesn't have one. I'll say we're at, blind guesses. 64. 96. 96 teams. 96 different teams have at least one quadrant one win, including Florida Gulf Coast, which is ranked 257th in the net with an 8 and 12 record. If they've got the FAU win, FAU got to overtime against UTSA, but one. Yep. Um, so Auburn has zero, but 96 schools. Auburn is top, uh, top five at Ken Palm but zero quadrant one wins and there are 96 schools with at least one quadrant one win. There's only one other school. Oh, it's a second trivia time All right. connected to the same topic. Okay. You have to say you're ready. I know I don't. Are Just you ready? Let's go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Just there's only one other school in the top 30 of the net. Only one other school in the top 30 of the net sitting with zero quadrant one wins right now. Besides Auburn. Who is it? 
It's not Kentucky because it beat Carolina. <laughs> it's not Kentucky. Uh, 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 I'm going to say Bama. No, Bama has one. Bama has one. Uh, Memphis. No, Memphis has one. Okay. okay. Uh, who do we Memphis got? Has two. All right. What do we got? Alabama has two. Memphis has one. Gonzaga has zero. Gonzaga. I should have. I should have had that. That's you know what. That's a bad job by me. I, I was just trying to squeak out of there too quickly. I should have had that. Gonzaga's thirtieth in the net. Zero quadrant one wins right now. Auburn and Gonzaga are the only teams in the country in the top thirty of the net with zero quadrant one wins. Take us where you want to take us. All right, let's look ahead to the next two nights, and then we'll get the hell out of here. On Monday, you've got Wake Forest at UNC, and then Cincinnati at Kansas. Yes, we are going to talk Kansas's loss real quick here. Kansas lost at West Virginia on Saturday night. It was West Virginia's first win versus Kansas uh, in seven attempts there, and that's obviously a sub-500 team. Um, West Virginia dropping 91 on KU was certainly eye-opening there. Raekwon Battle, who at one point was waiting on his own eligibility issue, he has obviously long been cleared. He had 23 uh, for the ears. Johnny Furphy actually had himself a halfway decent game. Kevin McCullough wound up with 24 points, but... Yeah, Kansas now has losses against UCF and West Virginia. Those are two teams that, although they reside in the Big 12, I can't imagine playing in the NCAA tournament. And so, actually, let me bring up this poll result right now because the uh, Ion College Basketball Twitter account posted a poll asking whether people believe Kansas would make the 2024 Final Four. And at most recent, oh, it is an 82-18 to 18 no split. Conversely, Will Kentucky make the 2024 Final Four? That is a 55-44 no split right now. So any quickies on KU's surprising road defeat against the Mountaineers? Well, I'd push back a little bit on Furphy having a great game. He's 4-12 from the field. Um, he started he off, had been, he started off yeah, better okay. than he, he faded late, yeah. He had been playing better late. Okay, so they moved him in the starting lineup, as we've discussed. And we both, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but both think that was more out of like, we don't know what else to do. Might as well try yeah. something. So sure. they try it, and it had been going well. He still um, appears to be their best option as a fifth starter with the other four that um, have been starting all season. But, you know, he had four made baskets and four fouls. Um, Kansas is now down to 14th in the net, 18th at Ken Palm, 18th at Torvik. I have the Jayhawks ninth in the top 25 and one. Like, the resume's still okay. Six and two in the first two quadrants, but now they do have a quadrant three loss. Um, I've got one spot ahead of Kentucky because they're better in the first two quadrants. Both those teams have one quadrant, three they're loss. Not better than Kentucky. See, if I'm you, I, Kentucky's better than Kansas. I would just there is I, there is okay no okay. But if you better, told me I which one, did, resume, but I just like Kentucky, Kansas tomorrow on a, on a neutral in the middle of North Dakota. Who are you taking to win the game? I mean, we've already watched them play on a neutral and in North, but in North Dakota, I know okay. what happened. And 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 who was not I mean, in that we did, game when they played? I mean, we did watch them play. And I'm not but saying that not, means was not available. Yeah. I'm not saying Kansas was better. Or I'm not saying that proves Kansas is better. Yeah. I'm not saying that right. proves when the bracket comes out, I'll have Kansas going further than Kentucky. I'm just saying, based on the way I do this, okay. there is no way for me to have Kentucky ahead of Kansas right now. Kansas has more quadrant one wins, same number, uh, has more quadrant one wins, has more wins inside the first two quadrants, has the same number of losses inside the first two quadrants has the same number of quadrant three losses, and then does own a neutral court win over Kentucky. So for me, the edge is going to be Kansas over Kentucky, but I get your point. Uh, certainly, I think this is true. You can say Kentucky played better this weekend than Kansas. 
No, I mean, that's not even debatable. That absolutely happened. Um, Tuesday night, Texas at Oklahoma. OU coming off another win over the weekend there. Houston at BYU. What do you want? A Big 12 on a nightly basis. Must see TV. Kentucky plays at South Carolina. God. You know what this is. Okay. Your levels were way too high. I know what this is, but good God, man. Oh, man. I just got excited when I looked at it today. We dialed down his levels there. Jeez. I know. It, it, does it fall on the same date, though? No. You looked it up? Yes. Devin Downey game. I was wondering if it was going to fall on the same date because that would have been. It's going to be three days short. We're going to play this one on January 23rd. It will be three days short of the 14-year anniversary of the Devin Downey game. <sighs> 30 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, 68-62 win that dropped Kentucky. Top-rate Kentucky to 19-1. and one. Did he need 29 shots to get 30 points? Of course. Yes. Is that great? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, here's, yes what is. here's what I'm saying. I he, love that he just got 29 shots up against Kentucky. <laughs> if there's any guy that can continue the legacy of Devin Downey, it's a dude named Michi, and South Carolina right now has got a dude named Michi on the roster. Okay. Michi okay. Johnson. And you know, like I know, we're rooting for Michi to ball out. Okay. All right. I want to be clear. We're not rooting against Kentucky. Unless we are, are we? No. Are we? Are we? If I you will. Think, if you, you think to. we're rooting against him, go ahead and rewind that uh, B, B block that we had there because that was about as enthusiastic as we've been about the Cats in a while. Hey, my, my mentions can't get any worse from Kentucky fans. So if you want to root for South Carolina, I'll do it. I don't care. But I, I don't inherently want to root for South Carolina over Kentucky. I like Kentucky. I did a video last week. I got them in the Final Four. I love Big Z. All right? But, yeah. but... If you tell me we're rooting for South Carolina, I'll do it. You just got to tell me. You're rooting for South Carolina. You're rooting for Michi Johnson. Okay. DJ Mack. If and Michi South Carolina, goes for way, 30, at Arkansas. Yeah. Pulling a Devin Downey will forever be known as going for 30 in Columbia against South Carolina. No, not against. And every South Carolina, South Carolina against Kentucky. Against Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be in Columbia against Kentucky. Got to go for 30. Got to win over a rank. How about this? You got to go okay. for 30. Yeah, hosting Kentucky when it's ranked, and you got to you got to win the game. Okay, go. and if you do that, you go straight into the shouts. I don't know about that. That's uh, I think uh, any South Carolina player that gets thirty against a ranked Kentucky team in Columbia automatically goes straight into the shouts. Got to win the game. Got to win. Oh the yeah, got to win the game. I agree. Can't just go for thirty and a loss. You got to you got to win the game. Okay, let's 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 right. everything put it on the board. Right. You have right. to win the game. Yes. This is what we're going to look at. South Carolina and Kentucky played at Columbia. Let's look at it. Okay. Does South South Carolina win? It's got to be in Columbia. Okay. Was the game played in Columbia? Yes. Okay. Next question. Does South Carolina win it? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. Did anybody get 30? Yes. For South Carolina. Let's be clear. Yep. For South Carolina. Yes. That person goes into the shouts. No. And they got to beat a ranked Kentucky team. Okay, God damn. It's got to be a real Kentucky team. All right, and that we've, we've, covered, we've covered the criteria. I feel like we got it. All right, we got it. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Michi Johnson, t- we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Last one, uh, Duke plays at Louisville. We'll wrap it up with the Duke loss here. Duke took a home loss against Pitt, and it was Pitt's first. I know you already know. I know you are. First time Pitt won at Cameron since. And not only that, Parrish, but I bet you don't even realize 
I'm going to play something. I'm playing four things right now. Okay. okay. I'm going to play these four things. Classics. Never leaving the soundboard. Let's go, Duke. Come on. There's that. And then there's. Let's go. And then there's. Come on, Duke. And then there's this. Defense. Okay. What do. Defense. Let's go. What, what Come on, things, Duke. Let's go. What, Come on, Duke. What do these go. all have in common? What, what's go. this all about? On, do you know the origin Let's story? Go. Come on, Duke. Let's go. Oh, sure, because they were they were chanting about Jeff Capel, and he was like, he's a Duke man. You don't chant about Jeff Capel. If you need Correct. to chant something, come on, Duke. Let's go. Come on. Let's, let's go. go. Mike Krzyzewski was giving go. students instructions on, on what to chant other on, than things at Jeff Capel, and the thing come he came on, up Duke. with was, come on, Duke. Come on, Duke. Let's go. It was so good. when Capel came into Cameron and they were saying, sit with us, Capel, which they do endearingly to high five-star prospects who visit and take their official visits to Cameron. And Kay didn't know what the hell was going on. He goes over and screams. And then afterward, he's good. Let's go. Come that's, on, Duke. that's what we needed. That's what Let's they needed. Go. Come on, Duke. Come on. Let's go. So for Pitt Come on. I don't have the students ever actually started. Come on, Duke. Let's no. go. Come on, Duke. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, Why don't they do that? Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. Let's go, Duke. They have that. I know, but I don't want that. It's got to be. Give it to me again. Let me hear it. Come on, Duke. Oh, you want... Defense. Let's go. Come on, Duke. <laughs> okay, so it should have to be. Let's Come go. Come on, Duke. Defense. <laughs> Let's go. Come on, Duke. Defense. Come on. Why can't no, you... that be a chant? No, you need to. Okay. Let's go. Come on, Duke. Defense. Uh, congrats to Pitt for getting a win. Uh, Blake Hinson, oh, by the way, legend up on the scorer's table and Love talking it. a little smack. And then, uh, you know what? It was, a, it was a beautiful vision, and, and, and the scene was incredible. There were a couple of, uh, of Duke students that were giving him some, some well-deserved uh, birds. It was the week of the double bird in the ACC. You had DJ Horn a few days before, and then it looked to me like a few Duke fans. They were just, they were lovingly giving him the middle finger and I thought it was an incredible scene and uh, and I how about this if if players are going to be able or if students are going to be able to storm the floor then the opposing team should be able to storm the opposing press row and just yes. jump up on a table and do that let's eliminate court storming but but encourage press row jumping you can jump on a like I don't mind if I'm sitting on press I don't mind I don't mind if Blake Henson jumps on press row. Oh, so good, man. That was man, it, beautiful. There is nothing funnier than going on the road, beating a big blue blood program like Duke, and then jumping on the scores table and making a bunch of college kids with 35 ACTs be so mad they flip you off. <laughs> It was great stuff, and I'm sure people listening are like, "These guys, these jackasses, going to talk about Duke losing." Uh, to be clear, Duke fans, it was an. We awesome put it moment. off as long as we could. We put it and, off as long as we could. But we were we were saving it. We we pushed it off from the whip around. There. People, you know, people are going to be like, "Oh, they they love Duke. They save it to the end." Or people are gonna be like, "They hate Duke. They were they were jumping all over Duke at the end." Whatever, man. It was a fun scene. It was a funny scene. Your people team's going to think you, it isn't. So. People always think you love and hate everything. I saw one this one that actually made me LOL. Somebody tweeted. It might have been even in the thing. Somebody tweeted, I think it was in my mention. They were like, oh, God, if you know anything about Paris, you know he hates Kansas. Always has. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, classic. classic. I, I consistently think- say Bill Self's my, the best coach in the sport. And I think Kansas is going to win the national championship. Even when they go out and lose to West Virginia, I just keep saying they're going to win the national championship. 
But then there's somebody out there living a life who is convinced I just hate Kansas all the time. Well, what can you do? It's a wild. It's a. It's wild out there, dead leg. That's a show. Shouts to Devin Downey. Could be shouts to Michi, but we'll have to wait for that. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. Teagle, legend. Shouts to Hug. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Blake Henson. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe Let's to podcasts, on, including Apple, Spotify. more of us than there are of them. We'll do it. Come on. Blake Henson. Us. I'd bet everything on it. I'd bet everything I got. Ain't no them jumping up on that table, is he? We're going to talk to you Wednesday. All right. That's correct. We're going to talk to you Wednesday. Reminder, Paris is in New York studio. Wednesday shows 10 a.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Eastern live on YouTube. All right. Look at them. Look at those. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.